Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's Revolution Recap, a weekly review of the New England Revolution and Major League Soccer on WARL 1320 The Drive with your host, Sean Donahue. Welcome to Revolution Recap. I'm your host, Sean Donahue, joined today by Tony Biscaya. The Revs are coming off a 2-2 draw with San Jose from last night. And the first half went pr- pretty poorly for them. They, they were down 2-0 at the halftime. Just 21 minutes in, they were down 2 nothing. What did you think of the first half, Tony? Oh, I didn't like the start. Uh, but it was a uh, fairly solid effort uh, when you look at their game in its entirety. Uh, considering the preseason and how it's gone, uh, I don't think anybody was surprised that we got off to a slow start. If anything, we should be surprised at how quickly we recovered and played quality ball. Yeah, the, the first half, really, San Jose owned the game. Steve Ralston, after coming off the great game with Guatemala, didn't seem to have much of a part in the game. The, the Revs really couldn't get their offense going. Their, their defense with uh, Michael Parkhurst, at the rookie, seemed to be somewhat disorganized in the first half. But when they got into the second half, they really did a lot better. They got more organized in the back. Steve Ralston became involved in the game. Cancela was providing some great passes the whole game, the, starting off the offense. Twelman really took it up a notch in the second half, and the second half was really a completely different game. It was, and I think that's what you're going to see a lot more of. Um, the fans worry the, the, the way these off-seasons go and with the lack of information. But um, if you look at the core of the team, you know that we have a, a quality bunch, and... Steve Nichol being the steady type of guy he is, um, you know that that's going to happen. There's going to be a few, you know, slow dull moments, but overall we're going to be in every game, and you know that you don't need to worry about offense. We have the great players. Uh, you know that even if we fall behind, uh, and I don't mean that in the, in the season perspective where we don't expect to be behind and coming back to make the playoffs. I mean that on a game-by-game basis. Even if we fall behind, we're one of those teams that we know our players have the confidence that we have the firepower and can be in any game. you got to listen to what the score is at any point. And Cassio made his debut for the Revs. He was doing fairly well. He uh, had to get taken out in the 56 minutes, mostly because of fatigue. He hadn't been training the team because of the work visa problem. What did you think of his performance? You know, considering the distance the guy traveled and the short time that he was here and played with the team, I was actually a little surprised that, that he got the start. But uh, I think Steve wants him to get out there, get acquainted with the teammates, and vice versa. And uh, I, I expect big things from this guy. I mean, obviously, he can, he can play. He's been there. He's got uh, the resume. Uh, it's a matter of getting familiar with his teammates, getting the conditioning in. Uh, at this point of, of the season, I'm not worried that he was pulled out early, as I said. Or, you know, I'm not going to judge his game yet. I think we need to wait uh, for at least half a dozen games, maybe the first two, three months of the season, and then let's talk about it again by the all-side break and see how this guy's doing. Yeah, I, I thought he showed some pretty good skills holding up the ball, but uh, he wasn't involved in the game too much, so there really wasn't enough. You didn't see enough out of him to really make a final assessment on him. But uh, Michael Parkhurst also made his debut for the Reds as a rookie. He had uh, been training with them in the preseason and had been with them the whole preseason, unlike Cassio. And, but he had been playing with different back lines, so it just seemed kind of disorganized the defense to start the game with. Uh, you know, I thought Michael did very well. I thought for his age and the experience 
very first game ever in the league. I thought he was very composed, and I expected that. You know, I've seen him a couple of times in practice, and uh, he's a cool customer. Um, it's, it's, again, a matter of uh, settling in, getting familiar with your teammates, uh, and uh, a lot of it has to do with uh, how the coach decides to go into the game. In this case, uh, oh, another surprise again, that they went 3-5-2 with the rookie the center. That's a crucial spot. That's, that's a lot of pressure. And, uh, considering the circumstances, but I thought Parker did a fantastic job. Um, considering also that San Jose is a, a good quality offensive team, they, you know they've got a, a guy who's on our national team, Brian Chenga, and uh, from, from Michael Parsick, Parker to come out and face that in his first time out, and uh, in a 3-5-2 where I thought that we actually, um, if anything was at fault, was our midfield supporting those three back defenders. Uh, I thought that uh, you know the. Obviously, Jose Cancelo is expected to go up and direct the offense, but between Dempsey and Shelby Joseph, one of those guys has to stay back. And there were multiple times when the, the three backs were on their own. And uh, again, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Michael Parker's by midseason is a, a candidate for an all-star or, you know, the, let's take it and, and go on from there. I think this, uh, again, the revolution have dug up like, a jewel in their the draft. Yeah, he seemed really good with the ball. He didn't seem to be too nervous coming into his first game playing at the All-Star like Brian Ching. And really, one problem, though, he could have in the future is his height. And the height of the Reds' back line altogether with Jay Heaps, Marshall Leonard, and Michael Parker, so it's not a very big back line. And guys like Brian Ching coming at you crosses into the box, you're going to have trouble dealing with it. And, and that's where I think we need those two guys that I mentioned, Flynn uh, Tempsey and Shelby Joseph, who do have the height to, to recognize that whoever's closest to the play has to come back and help those guys cover on the crosses, on, on any play that develops on the wing and then comes in. They, they have to be back, at least one of those two, if we're going to play a 3-5-2. If we had a 4-4-2, then there'd be a fourth defender there with, with Parkinson and Mill. But in, in this scheme, that's what's required of our midfield, isn't it? I think it's going to take a few games to get that uh, straightened out so that uh, you know we, we can handle anything that any MLS team can allow us. Yeah, I, I thought Joseph was doing all right tracking back. He wasn't doing great, but uh, Clint Dempsey was doing great offensively. I didn't see much defense out of him that game, and I thought that was part of the reason in the beginning that the Revs were struggling defensively there. He was, he was, and when they got the ball and were on offense, he was doing pretty well. But him and Joseph need to coordinate when someone's going to come back on defense, and they got to do that together to be better communicated. Oh, you know, that's actually going to fall on, uh, I believe, Michael Parker's shoulders because he has to communicate with those guys and hold them back or call them back when he sees plays develop and change of direction where he recognizes, uh, you know, that soccer is a very fluid game, and these guys have to switch off. And if you don't do that, it doesn't matter how great a player you are, if you've got the numbers against you, most teams have the quality players that will kill you. So it, it's a matter of learning how to play together. It's a team sport, and I, I think that we have the individual pieces, and it's a matter of, um, you know, pulling together. And, and you know, Steve Nichol is, is a defensive um, <clears throat> professional player who's now implementing a system that, uh, in, in the long run, will get you the results, and uh, it's a matter of getting these players acclimated to each other. And there was a little bit of surprise. Joe Franchino was not the captain, and uh, he was on the bench, actually. 
they chose Shari Joseph to be the captain. Last year when Francino was out, Rawson had been the captain, and Rawson's a guy with great experience, and I thought he was a pretty good leader last year, but they went opted with Joseph, who has been one of the better central defensive midfielders in the league uh, over the couple of years, and I guess maybe they wanted to be a better communicator and giving him captain with, with his, not just his play. I, I guess they think he can be a good communicator and organize the defense in the midfield from that. Position. Definitely. Uh, you know, Shalry uh, covers a lot of ground. He's uh, staked out his turf in MLS. I think he's, uh, with the contract renewal, it was acknowledged that he's one of the prime uh, defensive midfielders in the league. And he is, uh, or can be, a vocal guy. And I think he wants to step in and be a leader, and, and Steve Nichol recognizes that. Uh, as far as uh, Francino goes, uh, I believe that he actually missed at least one practice session this week. So uh, nothing has been put out publicly as, as to his health. But uh, I wouldn't read too much into it. I, I know that he's very well liked and respected by Steve Nichol. And uh, as to who gets the captaincy when him and Shelby are both on the field, I don't know. But uh, I, I don't think that you can say that because he didn't play and he wasn't the captain uh, that, that it means anything long term. Let's, let's wait and see what happens. And uh, Shari Joseph and Matt Reese both got really early yellow cards. And for a guy like Shari, who's a defensive midfielder, that's not a position you want to be in that early in the game. How, what can you do better to avoid getting a yellow card that early with the stupid tackles? Because frankly, what he did, it was kind of retaliation and it wasn't needed. Uh, it is, and you know, Shalry's um, still a young guy, and if you recall when um, Joe Fancino uh, first came into our team, uh, along with a lot of players that, uh, you know, the demand the respect in their play, not because they yell and scream, but the, the way that they play, they're, I, I wouldn't say they're called tough guys, as in, you know, that they're dirty players. But those are people that are going to stake out their ground. They expect and demand respect from not only their fellow players, from the opposition, but from the referees. And I think Shalri is just finding his ground there. This, this was a, a first time out for him. Uh, I think that he's, as he learns how these things work uh, in the relationships with the referees, he, he'll become more effective without getting in trouble. As, as far as the physical action, um, I, I don't think that he had done anything that uh, required any, any more disciplinary action than, than what it was. Uh, he was upset uh, because, as you said, you know, we were getting fouled and the calls weren't going our way. And, that, and that's as, a, as the role of captain, uh, you don't necessarily want to go out and make that tackle to make a statement. Maybe you know, he needs to learn how to juggle those tasks between the, the, ta you know, the, the role that he's played up to now where it was up to him to do that action and not to the refs, whereas now he's got a balance. And on the opposite end of the spectrum, Jose Cancel is not known for fouling. He actually had a couple of fouls there that maybe he's kind of showing them, you know, he's not just going to take all those fouls and he can dish it out too. I, I think Jose is, is now a wiser MLS player. He's realized what the referees uh, see and how they call the game. He also knows what the coach expects from him. And I think that... Um, this year, he's got the fire in his eyes. He didn't like not playing last year. He knows he's a quality player. He knows that if he puts his all in, into it, that he deserves to be on the field. And I think that's what he's set out to do. And uh, rookie James Riley also made his debut as a sub coming up for Cassio and immediately sparked that attack and that pass from midfield all the way up to Twelman in the box. 
and created that goal. That was an amazing pass. As, as he got, his skills almost looked something like pass you expect from a guy like Cancela. And is, is that something you think he can continue with? Oh, I, I think so. The guy's a player. I mean, a pass like that isn't down to, you know, being able to kick the ball. That's awareness. And James Riley's a player. I think he's going to have an impact on, on, again, another guy that we drafted that I believe is going to earn significant minutes. Uh, last year, a couple of surprises, obviously, with Clint Dempsey and also Andy Dorman. And this year, it looks like it's going to be, you know, James Riley and Parkhurst. Uh, as, as to, you know, depending on how injuries go and how our, our season develops, I, I think that these guys are just a, a really nice problem for Steve Nichols to have, to, to have them battle for minutes. And uh, speaking of Dorman, he actually was on the bench for the whole game. He didn't come out. Is he injured or anything? Do you know about that? Um, I don't believe so. I, I think he was ready to go. And uh, it was just um, as the game developed, I, I think that um, because of Cassius' situation and the fact that Steve Nichol knew that he was only going to play a certain amount of minutes, um, he already probably had predetermined that uh, he was going to bring in James Riley to play that uh, position. Uh, can Andy Dorman play out wide? I'm, I'm sure he'd tell he could because he wants to get on the field. Uh, if, if the guys in the middle had needed to, to have, uh, you know, take, take a break or weren't performing, then I think Steve would have gone that direction. Take a quick break here and I'll be right back. looking for an experience like none other then why not try the Dana Barrow Sports Complex with basketball courts, turf fields, batting cages physical therapy, health connection, velocity sports performance and the DB Fitness Center, it is your first choice in indoor recreational sports facilities. After the game's over stop by the Trifacta Sports Bar and Lounge. The Trifacta is a sports lounge social club that will give you a panoramic view of the action on the field or the courts below on either side of the facility. Want to feel like a pro? Play on our two Boston Square parquet floors. If hitting is your thing, then the batting cages run year-round by Red Sox catcher Rich Gedman will be your first choice. Keep your game sharp and always be ready for the season. If soccer or field hockey is your thing, then play on the same turf field used by professionals. Our fields are perfect for soccer, flag football, lacrosse, and field hockey. We are offering four fields with state-of-the-art surfaces. The Physical Therapy Health Connection has been serving your physical therapy needs for over 20 years. Velocity Sports Performance Training Program teaches you the techniques required to improve speed, strength, power, and agility, flexibility, and endurance. That's the Dana Barrow Sports Complex, 31 Oxford Road, Mansfield, Massachusetts, or check them out on the web at www.danabarrows.com. That's www.danabarrows.com, or give them a call today at 508-337-3100. That's 508-337-3100. Dana Barrow Sports Complex, an experience like none other. In the market for a late model one owner automobile, then why not stop by Matthew Auto Sales? On Route 6 in Somerset, the area's first choice in late model one owner automobiles. Family owned business for over 40 years, Matthew Auto Sales also has auto glass repair, auto body, and towing services. Come by and see Richie about the good buy of That's Matthew Auto Sales 
on Route 6 in Somerset, or check them out at www.matthewauto.com, or give them a call at 508-678-9033. That's 508-678-9033. And make sure to bring Oscar the doggy. Head to the airport for that great getaway. Airport golf, that is. At Airport Golf in North Attleboro, they have more than just the area's best driving range. They have a challenging 18-hole mini golf course and batting cages that the whole family will love. Swing by the pro shop and take that club that you've had your eye on for a while out to the range for a free demo. You can bring your golf game to the next level at Airport Golf with a variety of lesson packages that will suit you or your whole family. At Airport Golf in North Attleboro, they have putting greens shipping areas and sand traps that will hone your skills and help you leave the office far behind. Maybe the office needs a bit of a field trip. Airport Golf wants you to have your next corporate event, birthday party, or sports team outing with them. Annual memberships are also available. So fly away from the stress of the day at the airport. Airport Golf on Route 152 in North Attleboro. Visit them online at airportgolfrange.com. Some time ago, 138 Auto Mall changed the way people bought cars. They kept the fun and excitement in it. We did something no other car dealers were doing. We created a hassle-free buying experience. Listen to this. Our sales staff does not even get a commission. We have no sneaky pitches or bait-and-switch tactics. What we do is give you an amazing choice. Then we let you browse on the lot and test drive on your own. We figure when you want help, you'll ask for it. Novel idea, eh? All of our vehicles are fairly priced in all of the 138 Auto Mall's customers walk away saying they enjoyed the car buying experience. If you can find another dealer that can do it better, buy from them. And we take care of you after the sale with a full service department open six days a week. So come on in, browse, or take a look online at 138automall.com. That's 138automall.com. Find out what it's like to actually enjoy buying a car. From pickups to minivans to SUVs domestic or imported, from Hyundai to Porsche, we will fit your budget and we will get you financed on the spot come experience a great experience 138 auto mall route 138 rainham where the only pressure is in the tire and now back to revolution recap your host sean donahue Joining us now on Revolution Recap, we have over the phone Revolution midfielder Luke Verklone. Luke, can you hear us? Yeah, what's up, Sean? How you doing? Uh, thanks a lot for being on the show. Yeah, my pleasure. So, uh, the Revs preseason in Bermuda, you scored the hat trick three goals. How was that for you? Uh, that was a really good, good experience. I felt uh, overall my preseason went uh, really well this year, and uh, that was just icing on the cake. I mean, just the opportunity to be on the field and then what I try to do is make the best of that and uh, I feel everything will go right for me that game so it was good How was the conditions down in Ecuador? I know you had a, two matches that were cancelled and were, were, was it poor weather and altitude? What were, what were the big issues there? Uh, the training center that we were at was a base we, were, uh, we weren't allowed really on and off except with the bus with security and all but the fields were actually really good at the training center and the mails and the housing was, was pretty good so that wasn't bad uh, the problem was with one of our games that got canceled was the field and the travel situation was no good. Uh, I mean, I guess 
it would have been like a four-hour trip to the field, and the field wasn't even that. Uh, uh, can you still hear us, Luke? I guess we lost him. Um, anyways, now with the Reserve League starting this year, Luke didn't see much time last year. Hopefully, he'll see time with the Reserve League. And um, also, this year in the preseason, the Reds started out with three games in Bermuda. They won all three of those. And, ne- and Luke actually scored a hat-trick against champions Danny Town of the Bermuda Premier League on March 2, 2005. But uh, he didn't make the trip with the Reds to San Jose. Um, this year, he, he showed himself to be a good player in the preseason, and hopefully he'll continue that with the Reserve League and make it with the team, the full, final team. Yeah, well, you know, uh, this year, uh, it, it's it's a great year for young guys like uh, Luke, who may not have got a chance, and uh, also a blessing in disguise that our national team players were gone because it, it allows younger guys to get the minutes and, and make an impression on the coaching staff. So, uh uh, Luke's look very good in, in preseason, as, as have most of the young guys. And, uh, you know, it, it's a matter of time. If they do well in the reserve league, then um, certainly they're going to get some minutes in, in the actual MLS games. And I look forward to uh, seeing Luke out there. Can you hear us now, Luke? Yeah, I got you, Sean. And uh, with the reserve league this year, is that something that's exciting you now? Uh, last year, you only got the time in two full-season games, but now they have reserve league, so you probably see more time. You can actually get your chance to prove yourself that you belong in a place with the full team. Exactly. That's, it's uh, another opportunity, and that's all, as a player, all we can ask for. You know, uh, yeah, that's, that's really good, because to show in practice every day is so, only so much, but to show in a game, it makes all the difference, and uh, that's, that's the opportunity, I think, that'll help us, some of us young players, to get a, a chance, and uh, just to get games, and to stay fit, and to stay sharp, and just to improve as a player, I think that's really helpful for players that aren't getting on the pitch with the full team, with the first squad all the time. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And you were actually drafted by Columbus in the 2004 draft, um, and then you were traded to the Revs. How, how did you feel when uh, you found out you were getting traded back to your hometown team? Uh, I think it was just a, an amazing blessing. I mean, I didn't ex- when I got drafted with Columbus, I had hoped to, for it to work out there and everything, but I, this just worked out even better, and I, I was very pleased. I mean... This past year with the Revs has been really good, and uh, I mean I wouldn't I wouldn't trade for anything. Being the hometown team, that's the team I followed growing up the last uh, nine years, and uh, that part of it's just great. And uh, with Columbus, the Revs are actually playing Columbus next weekend. What did you think of Greg Andrulis compared to like a Steve Nichol coach? What are the differences and similarities between the two? Well, I uh, just with the playing experience of Steve Nichol and Paul Mariner that. That's definitely a difference, and I have a lot of respect for them because of that. Um, just, but to be at this level coaching, I mean, I get a, a good amount of respect for Greg, and uh, just, just interesting things didn't work out with him. I, I mean, I, and we didn't communicate greatly, or whatever, down there or anything. I, I don't, I don't have too much to say about him. But as far as Steve Nichol, I'm pleased to be playing for him, and, and uh, I really like him as a coach as well. And uh, you're actually a management major at Seton Hall. Is that something you could see in your future being possibly going into coaching or management? Yeah, possibly. You know, I haven't really thought about it. I hope to do the soccer career thing for as long as I can. I mean, I love it so much, so I hope to uh, take it as far as it can, it can carry me. But, yeah, sports management major, uh, and I, maybe I could get some connections with this job uh, with that major and maybe go into that direction afterwards, but we'll see. 
Hey, Luke, this is Tony Biscaya from ResNet. How are you doing? Good, good. How are you doing? Uh, a couple of quick questions. Uh, you're a veteran now. You were around last year. Yeah, second year. How is it different this year? I mean, we've, we've got a lot of new blood on the team. The, the practices I've seen are really spirited. Yeah. Um, well, compare this team to last year at the same point in time. Yeah, it's definitely different. I mean, first of all, for me, it's very different just to have a year under my belt and know what to expect and be caught up to the speed of play and everything like that. But as far as the team is concerned as well, it's different because there's a lot of young guys this year, uh, more so than last year. And it's it seems, as of now, it's more competitive as far as getting on the field and getting just in the travel squad or just in the top 18 or whatever, whereas uh, last year we had a lot of injuries, not as much depth, but this year there's a whole lot of depth. I mean, you saw Joey Francino on the bench and, like, guys not traveling uh, the game and just it's, re it's really competitive, and that shows at practice. And uh, But the attitude's been great so far, and uh, I... I See a, a good change in that category for this year so far. It's definitely fresh and young. Well, we hope that uh, the games will be available to all, so we can come out and watch some of the players that uh, uh, don't get the, the minutes in the, in the uh, first team games. Do you do you have any information? Have they told you um, where the games will be played or any, anything as to uh, for the reserve what? league? Yeah. Yeah, I think. Uh, they were saying somewhere going to be at BC or Harvard. I think they were going to change them up. Uh, some of the away games are going to be at the stadium, but uh, not exactly positive on all that. All right. Well, we look forward to seeing you out there in those games and uh, you know scoring a few goals uh, in the Revolution uniform and uh, eventually stepping up to the main team and uh, helping us win the cup. Exactly. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And uh, and thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thank you, and uh, before I go, we wanted to wish you a happy birthday tomorrow. Oh, yeah, cheers. Appreciate it, man. Nice talking to you, Sean. Thanks. Yeah, have a good night. You too. So that was Luke Verklone, a Revolution midfielder, who uh, will be seeing time this year with the Reserve League. And um, and, and the game yesterday, the Revs, I thought the second half looked very good, and I hope they can continue that into next week's game against Columbus. Uh, I think... Uh we started out very tentative, uh, mostly because uh, there's been relatively little game experience for these guys. Uh, the playing, is, and especially in the New England area where they're playing in an indoor environment, and then, uh, probably good preparation for the San Jose field because it's, it's such a, a, a tight place. It's almost like playing indoors. But now they get to go back out and uh, perform in front of the home fans on the wider surface. And uh, I, I think players like Casio are going to benefit from that. A little, a little extra space. And um, I, I think that um, the fans are going to see uh, a, a really fired up uh, Revolution squad who know that they've got the, the core quality players and we've come close a couple of times and been disappointed. But honestly, I can see the fire in their eyes. You know, there's a couple of guys that have a lot to prove. Jose Cancelo being one. Uh, Taylor Tolman, another. Uh, he's recovering from, from injuries. Uh, he knows that he should be a marquee player, and you're going to see a lot of goals out him this year. And Twelman in that game almost seemed like more of last year. It was bad luck. He had that shot that had the crossfire, the shot at the goalie, you know. But he actually broke through when he got the goal. So, uh, do you think that's a good sign for him? Definitely. Taylor's got the attitude. He knows that uh, some of them are going to go off the woodwork, 
And, um, you know, I mean, look at this game. It could have been 5-5. Five five. Taylor hit the crossbar. Uh, Mullen hit the crossbar from them. Uh, there were a, a lot of opportunities. Uh, the game was tight for a while, then it opened up. And uh, that's to be expected on a smaller field like that. It's almost uh, like being in a pinball game. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Revolution um, average, uh, you know, uh, depth way above the league midpoint in goals scored this year. Because we've got the offensive firepower. Yeah, the Revs definitely with their, their top seven players, the Twelman, Noonan, Ralston, Dempsey, Cassio, Cancela, and Joseph, seem to have the best midfield and the best offense in the league. And hopefully that will lead them through because their defense obviously needs a little bit of work from what we saw in the first half yesterday. But I, I saw improvement and I saw good things for the future. And hopefully they'll have a good game against Columbus. I agree with you. Uh, I think they need to coordinate the, uh, you know, the, the, the defense of uh, midfield and, and you know, bringing the ball up and defending as a team. But uh, it, it shouldn't take as long as it has in previous years. I, I think Steve Nichols learning as a coach as well. And uh, I think the results will speak for themselves. So let's see how it develops. We'll go to a quick break here, and then we'll be back with some more Revolution Cap. So there you sit, trying to plan your financial future. But there's so much to know, and so many choices. How can you be confident you're making the right decisions? Maybe you won't need the guidance of a financial professional to reach your goals, but most of us will. Your modern Woodman representative can analyze your needs to help you make informed decisions about financial products and services. Plus, you'll gain access to fraternal member benefits that can enrich your family and community. Call your modern Woodman representative today. Touching lives, securing futures. Securities offered through MWA Financial Services, Inc., a wholly owned subsidiary of Modern Woodman of America. 1701 First Avenue, Rock Island, Illinois, 61201. Phone 309-558-3100. Member NASD SIPC. To find out more information about the Modern Woodman, contact Dave Orkley at 774-463-0262. That's David Orkley with the Modern Woodman, 774-463-0262. You've got a ticket to ride with Millennium Sportsbook at BetMillNow.com. Right now, sign up at Millennium Sportsbook and get a 25% sign-up bonus. Beat the line moves with access to the overnight lines at Millennium Sportsbook. You'll enjoy their easy-to-navigate website, multiple payment options, outstanding customer service. And don't forget, BetMillNow.com's teaser odds are the highest payouts anywhere. Go to BetMillNow.com or call toll-free 1-800-824-1637. Host Jim Fijo of Daniel Chapter 1 talks with Major League Baseball player J.D. Drew. So you did the GDU, it's a natural anti-inflammatory, and it's also a protolytic enzyme. I hope you're using it more than not using it. Yeah, that's right. I can't tell you how many hundreds of those things I've taken <laughs> since February. You know, the amazing thing is, is the fact that you can get off all the, the effects of the anti-inflammatory that you get prescribed so many times by the trainers and the doctors, that, you know, which scares me and always has because, you know, last year, last season, I, I lived on Vox pretty much every day of the season and oh. didn't really think I had another option. Right. And, uh, you know, when you when you play this game and you play it in the pretense that you're playing 162 games a year, you get a couple of days off a month, your body takes a lot of wear and tear, and, you know, you're willing to fill it with about anything you can. You also have options to using dangerous drugs like Biox and Celebrex. 
For pain and inflammation in your body, try GDU. To order, call 1-800-504-5511. Hey, Kevin, did you see the new minivan Scott got from Dighton Auto Sales? Yeah, it was really nice. Heard he got a good deal on it, too. Go see Charlie at Dighton Auto Sales for your next vehicle. They're at 223 Chase Avenue in Dighton. You can call them at 508-669-6655 or 508-989-7259. They're just a quarter mile south of Dighton Police Department on Route 138. And now, back to Revolution Recap. Your host, Sean Donahue. Start off this segment, I'm going to talk a little bit about the show. Um, Revolution Recap. We're going to try to make a weekly show every Sunday from 7 to 8 on AM 1320 The Drive. Hopefully every week we'll be able to get in guests from the team and guests like Tony on the show from the media. And really we'd like to make this weekly. We hope we have a good audience and hopefully we can keep this going all year and into next year. Tell us how um, you came into this and, uh, you know, your background and how you started Coven Revolution. And uh, we know we do a website as well. Well, I actually started my website way back in 1997. It wasn't very good back then, but uh, I improved it, and uh, Scott McPherson, the publisher of the Sports Journal, who I really owe all this to, happened to come across my website when he was looking for a Revs writer, and he contacted me, and he gave me the opportunity to write for him back about three years ago now, and ever since I've been writing for him, and, and then he got his, his show, The Sports Journal Live, which is on the station every day from four to six, uh, weekdays, and I got to go on that a couple of times, and I kept going on that, and then he actually got in charge of the station, and he gave me the opportunity to have my own show, and I'm really grateful for that. Well, as we all know, the revolution can, and the sport in general can use all the exposure that, that we can get, so it's, I think it's fantastic that uh, young people like yourself are stepping up, you know, grabbing the opportunities to do this type of show, and uh, I'm honored that you invited me on to be on the inaugural show. And uh, I hope to continue to participate. I've talked to my colleagues at ResNet and uh, various other media people. And uh, I think you'll, you'll find that there'll be a lot of support for your efforts. And uh, that goes for the team as well. Uh, as you heard from Move today, these guys will go out of their way to, to make themselves available. And, uh, I, you know, we're lucky. Uh, in, in the other American sports, this, this might not be possible because those people are too much in demand and uh, they stop appreciating the fans and uh, you know the, the efforts that people make to, to get exposure to the, the players themselves and to the sport in general but in, in soccer uh, this this is uh, the golden age and, and we're starting out and again congratulations on landing the show and uh, I wish you a lot of success with it. well thanks a lot and uh, thanks for coming on the show and uh, speaking of the improvement of soccer over this is the tenth year of Major League Soccer. A lot of people didn't expect it to make it this far, and it really it's, it's thriving now. And it's getting. I've seen a lot of improvement. I've been watching it since '97, and I've seen a lot of improvement in the league. And guys like Twelman who are coming up, and you, you look at all these great forwards that the U.S. has to choose from now because the league before MLS started, the U.S. national team had such a small pool, and now it's gotten so huge. And really, what the league has done has made the national team that much better and you know, that much more depth and the league, in my opinion, has gotten a, a long way over the 10 years. Yeah, and, it, and it's only going to continue to grow um, as our national team gets stronger because the, the, the better athletes in America have a place to go play professional. Um, eventually, the media coverage will expand. The, the advertising dollars 
wool grow. Adidas, uh, the deal that, that they've made with the league is fantastic. Uh, it's a step in the right direction. I, I hope they're very successful and there'll be a lot of competition for the next contract uh, with Adidas where other people want to step in and invest. Uh, you see the growth in the soccer-specific stadiums, in the team ownership. Uh, I'm sure that uh, the, the Crafts realize that uh, you know their, their investment, uh, they expected and they knew that, uh, as we all did, that it would run at a loss for a while. And I think that the, the turning point has come. Um, uh, as the lead, Don Garber and, and everybody else will, will tell you, we now have uh, expressed interest from other European teams, from Canadian uh, possibilities where we might have a team in Toronto. We have Chivas in the league. And uh, hopefully, um, you know, the the Revolution will win a championship before Chivas does. But uh, it, it's just great to see because that means that our young guys have uh, more career opportunities and, and that the sport's going to be out there and, and it's inevitable. It's going to get more coverage and um, that, that everything grows together. The, the salary of the players, uh, the exposure in the media and um, you know the enjoyment of the performance. And now you see the league has gotten so big that teams like Chelsea are the best team in England. There were even rumors that they wanted to buy a team like San Jose and it, it, even the players now like Eddie Johnson are getting trials over at Manchester United. There were a couple of Revs players who had trials over in England and were training over there and really it just shows how far the league has come. I, I don't think 10 years ago you would have ever seen players getting trials over like the best leagues in the world like that. Right. Well, to me, that's that's one of the best trends in MLS is the fact that we have stopped going over to other countries to try to retrieve big names that uh, are going to be the big money makers, and that we're now specifically concentrating on bringing up our young kids. And if you look at the results, I mean, look, within our Revolution team, we're talking about the young kids and how they're coming in and making an impact year after year now. Uh, and I think that's going to be recognized by the international community and it's inevitable that they're going to try to step in and get a foothold so that they can grab some of our players uh, because it's it's an unbelievable bargain in the business world for for talent to be available uh, at such a, uh, you know, a, a cut rate uh, compared to even the African teams, uh, the, the players are, are in demand once they make an impact in their home countries. They're scooped up by the Europeans, and uh, players are making major money. And uh, there's only been a handful of Americans, but I expect that in the next decade, uh, Americans are going to be among the most in-demand athletes in the sport. And uh, that's going to continue to foster the growth of, of the sport at home as well. And uh, now you got a team like Manchester United who recently expressed interest in both Eddie Johnson and Freddie Adu, teams like that showing interest in the players in this league is, is really something amazing for the league to have. Definitely. And, uh, and, and who knows what's in the pipeline? You know, uh, who knows who, what next year's draft? And, uh, you know, even with the, with the players that are here now, at, at, at this young age, uh, we don't have the development uh, and the, the farm team uh, I shouldn't call it that, but, but the path, the career path, isn't up there with the Europeans. Our, our college players are disadvantaged because of the limited amount of exposure and uh, you know the, the competition levels that they face. Uh, some of our younger guys go to Europe and then they end up coming back, and 
you know, Taylor Tolman for an example. And um, did they develop faster? In the past, that was almost the only option. Now that MLS is here, I, I think that uh, the career paths uh, improving greatly. The, the opportunity to, to be employed as a professional athlete has opened up. And um, now it, it's, it's running its course. And, um, you know, within the next decade or two, I, I think everybody stopped worrying about MLS staying around. I think it's become stable. I, I think um, it, it's um, a good business opportunity. Um, you know, for any young kid coming up that, that is a good athlete and wants to stay in the sport, if they love it, they don't have to switch to, you know, some other sport to be a professional athlete, and I think that's great. And uh, you were talking about development, that the European sides have better development, things like the U18 squads, and the Reserve League is definitely a step in the Huge right direction step. for that. Huge. For the 10 years, the players that weren't seeing time, they didn't have an opportunity to play in games and prove that they deserve more time. And the roster's gotten bigger, there's more players, you get the opportunity, along with the two expansion teams, the, the player pool for the league has gotten much bigger. And then in 2007, John Garber was talking about expanding for another two teams, possibly Toronto, Seattle, and a few other places were named. And really, the league is definitely moving in the right direction, giving a lot more younger players in the country the opportunity to play. Yeah, it's, it's very exciting. This is a great time in, in American soccer. Um, you know, I'm, I'm glad guys like us um, have a foot in the door and that we're able to enjoy it. Uh, later on, it, it may never be as big as American football or, or baseball. But you know what? It's never going to be any more enjoyable uh, because the, the players, uh, you know, they're, they're real people. They make themselves available. Uh, they enjoy being out in public and, and uh, you know, socializing with the fans. And, uh, you know, eventually when, when the demands uh, of those uh, public appearances become too much, then those people have to withdraw and they become more exclusive. Uh, and, and it will never be the same. So uh, I hope that all soccer fans realize that, uh, you know, that we may not be Manchester United or one of those teams, but uh, I think the talent level is getting closer and closer. And, you know, the opportunity that we have to get to know our players, to go out and, and be close to our teams, is never going to equal what we have today. So enjoy it. Yeah, the, the fans really should enjoy what they have now. With uh, Like, uh, for example, with the Revs, they have Autograph Alley players go over there. The fans have to just casually talk with the players. I don't think you can do that in any other sport like that as much. And really, all the players are open. And I, I haven't met a player yet that doesn't seem happy to communicate with the fans and be a part of it. Definitely. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's a great experience. Anybody who's come to Gillette Stadium uh, for both a football game and a soccer game, I'm sure they can see that difference. You know, uh, one is, is a stampede crowd experience where, you know, you have a traffic jam and, you know, the place is packed. And, yes, that's exciting in and of itself, and I hope to see it in soccer someday. But then you go to a soccer game, and it, it's a different atmosphere you know you can actually get closer uh, it's a lot cheaper so financially it's a much better deal and as far as the sporting interest you know and, and the abilities of the players and the athletes that you see out there um, it, it's getting to the point where I, I put our guys on a level international you know I, I think that the, the better MLS teams which I think the revolution happened to have one right now uh, I think we could go to any country in the world and, and be at least mid-table in their first division. And, you know, that, that might sound like a, a reach to some people that aren't familiar with sport. 
uh, especially if they've been out of touch. If you're judging MLS by how it was in 1996 or even seven, eight years ago, in the early years, um, you know, things have changed. The, the youth that has now grown up with the game, uh, you know, I, I was going to mention to Luke, I think he actually holds the record. Uh, it, it's a toss-up between him and Michael Parkhurst as to who's the closest native player to play in their own stadium. That, that's fantastic. I mean, these guys are growing up here, and now they get to play right in their hometown for a professional team. How priceless is that? Yeah. But the reserve league will give you more players the opportunity like that. Exactly. And, you know, player growth is not a linear thing. You, you look at a Clint Dempsey. He was in the national team picture. And Michael Parkhurst, actually, I, I don't believe was ever a major prominent player on the national team program. But yet, they get the opportunity. And now, they can grow faster and establish themselves at, at a top level. Whereas, you know, maybe some guys that were overhyped, like a Freddie Adu, and then they stagnate. So, these growth spurts in soccer players, you know, uh, the, the opportunities with the development league are going to make that possible. Where somebody who's ready to step up to the next level has that opportunity. We're going to go to a quick break here, and then we'll be back talking about the Revs matchup with Columbus next weekend. Don't let that nagging injury jeopardize your performance or keep you out of the game. Call the professionals at Best Care Chiropractic, and they will get you back to your peak performance. Best Care Chiropractic uses the latest techniques like cold laser therapy and a new biocranial procedure. Most insurances are accepted, so what are you waiting for? Call 508-941-6530 to schedule your appointment today. They have over 18 years of combined experience and offer the best in soft tissue injury, chiropractic, sports massage, and connective exercise programs. Look for our ad in the Sports Journal, Silver City Edition, or call 508-941-6530. Also make sure to look for Dr. Keith Cabaceres' injury discussion article in each edition of the Sports Journal, Silver City. And visit with Dr. Cabaceres at one of his two offices, on 138 in Taunton or at the corner of 106 and Route 28 in Bridgewater. Best Care Chiropractic, getting you back to peak performance. Free and pizza are two of the best words your wallet and stomach could hear all day. And Domino's Pizza in Somerset has the deal for you. Carry out any large pizza and a side item and get a second pizza of equal or lesser value for free. Don't forget that Domino's Pizza of Somerset has hot cheesy bread, buffalo chicken kickers, and wings, along with sticks ready to deliver for that great night entry. If you're having friends over, try the monster problem. That's two large, two topping pizzas, buffalo wings, or kickers, breadsticks, and a two-liter Coke for only $24.99. Domino's Pizza of Somerset is open Sunday through Friday until 11, and they're open until midnight on Saturday. Hot and fresh cheesy bread and pizza? Just a phone call away. 508-673-9700. That's Domino's Pizza of Somerset. 508-673-9700. Make sure to catch the Mary Buchanan Show every Sunday from 1 to 2. That's every Sunday, 1 to 2 on your home for the Mary Buchanan Show. 1320 W-A-R-L, The Drive. The world, 
as a star. Hello. If you haven't heard yet, burrito lovers, Down City Providence is now home to Cilantro Mexican Grill, where we prepare Rhode Island's finest and freshest gourmet burritos and tacos. You will not find a freezer or a can opener anywhere near our premises. Using fresh tomatoes, corn, onion, jalapeno, and cilantro course, we prepare for hours so that you can be served on our burrito line in a snack. Meat lovers may choose from our fresh grilled chicken marinated in a red pepper adobo sauce, or tasty pork carnitas or savory ground beef. Whilst the vegetarian will be sated with our savory black and pinto beans, creamy guacamole, topped off with a blend of white cheddar and Monterey cheese and some fresh romaine lettuce all rolled into a tasty whole wheat tortilla. You can wash it all down with a cool Corona, a Negro Modelo, or perhaps a blended margarita. We're open seven days a week from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. and midnight on the weekend. We are located in downtown Providence on 127 Wave Office Street, right down the street from the PPAC Theater. If you have any questions, my name is John Palmieri, and I'm the owner. I would happily fax you over a menu or an order sheet anytime. Call us at 421-TACO. P.S. We deliver for free anywhere in Providence. Thank you very much. I hope to see you soon. And now, back to Revolution Weekend. Your host, Sean Donahue. Since we have Tony on today, we might as well ask him a little about our site, RevNet, which is arguably the best unofficial news source for the Revs. Uh, thank you, Sean. Uh, we've been doing it uh, for a long time. Uh, Mike Marshall, my partner, actually started it. Uh, I contributed because I could make it to practices and uh, you know, so I provided some uh, midweek injury reports and practice updates at first. Um, we've grown. Uh, we, we've come a long way. I'd, I'd like to think we've gotten a lot better a lot more professional, and uh, we've also picked up a couple of colleagues who were excellent writers, Jim Dow and uh, Tom Hill, who was one of the original guys that was in the pictures of Chairman Mao magazine, which uh, anytime you hear that name mentioned, you, you get all kinds of accolades. People love that stuff. And, you know, we're very glad to have those people on board. Uh, Mike does uh, mostly the game reports and uh, previews and whatever needs to be done. Uh, he's, he's our webmaster. Uh, I've done less writing as we picked up these other guys and now concentrate on the photography. Um, this year we might actually um, take off in a new direction where um, you know, we're hoping to do some video where we can maybe do uh, video interviews with players. Uh, we'll see how that develops. That's still in the works. But um, it's, there's a big void out there. You know, the, the major media just, uh, it, it's, it's great. The city of Boston is actually one of the better, smallest cities for getting yeah, information about your team. And our, our writers uh, love the team and their fans, like we are. They, they enjoy the sport, they like to get out there. But unfortunately, they don't get the space dedicated to the sport and, and the visibility. So that's how RevsNet came about. It, it, um, an effort to get information out to the people that care about the team. Uh, it wouldn't be possible, and, and I'm sure that you, you'd agree that the, the team and all the staff do a great job at supporting our efforts to give additional exposure to the team. And uh, this show is going to be another fun example. Uh, they're going to make players available, and, and that's great. Um, I think that uh, as this whole ball of wax develops and the, the, the sport gets more popular, um, th there'll be competition, there'll be additional websites, there'll be 
money to be made and commercial outfits will step in. But you know what? At RevsNet, I think we established some good credibility. Uh, we're fairly good at what we do. And um, uh, we aim to keep doing it regardless of, uh, you know, even if the major media starts to assign big-name big reporters and soccer becomes big, we'll still be around. Yeah, and I've been reading ResNet for years, and I've seen it's gotten much, much better. It's always improving. It's always been a great site, and really it's become what I think the best place to get your news on the web. Well, you know, uh, we're part of a network, as you know, the, the Mass Night Network, and uh, we, we like to think that we're one of the better uh, uh, coverages of, of, of our team, the Revolution, but, you know, there's, there's a, all of them are pretty good, and we're getting better all the time. Um, there's others that are, that are fantastic. And, uh, the Dallas site in particular, they, they have a guy that goes out on, on uh, preseason to Spain and provides coverage that you can't, you can't get anywhere else. It's unique, not only um, to Dallas, uh, but to the sport and, um, you know, the, the insight, the relationships that these people have with the players as we do with the Revolution. Um, that's invaluable, and I, and I, I think that the, the fans, um, the perspective that they get from us is different than what they get from the commercial outfits, because they know that we're passionate uh, sports lovers. Uh, we're, we're out to promote the sport, as well as to criticize it when it needs, <clears throat> when it needs to be done. Excuse me. But, um, <clears throat> you know, um, RevsNet um, was independent at first, then we became part of Rivals.com, then we were part of the MLS Fan Sites Network, and a lot of those have now migrated over to MatchNight. Um, and this is the best it's ever been. I believe that MatchNight as a, a news network covering soccer is unequal, including the league website. You know, I, I, I know that probably is very biased, because obviously I'm, I'm in it. Um, the, the Revs official team website is limited because they are owned by the team and you know so no matter what they put out it's always going to be judged by the fans as coming from the the people that are the team whereas revsnet i think we have a different kind of credibility and, and, and as you do and and the stuff that you're going to do on your show is going to supplement the coverage that people get in the major media and that the team puts out and uh, to me that's uh, one of the things that's missing in the growth of soccer and uh, I'm all for encouraging people like yourself to, to take steps like what you've done, and, and I hope the show is very successful. I, I really look forward to it, and you know, hope, hopefully uh, we can collaborate and, uh, on your website, on, on the radio, and in, in promoting the team and, and the league. Well, thanks a lot. I'm glad to have you be a part of the show. And uh, one thing fans are complaining about, the lack of media coverage, but really, with, with things like RevNet, and the team has pretty good coverage considering compared to other teams, such as every single Revs game in the history of the team has been on TV, where other teams, like even teams like Los Angeles and major markets, not all their games in their history have been on TV. It's pretty impressive that we're in the market with every game on TV. It's, it's glad they work hard to get those games on. Yeah, and as you know, people complain about uh, you know, various things about the team and how it's run. But, um, you know, that, that's a hard thing to criticize, to make sure that your team's out there and available to the people that if they want to see the games, they can. Um, along with the fact that it's, um, you know, a, a, a very um, good uh, family outing. It, it's, if you take the total cost of the game experience, uh, I think the crafts have done a great job. 
Uh, they've been supportive of the sport. They're uh, not necessarily the only game in town. Uh, when it comes to soccer, there's uh, you know other stadiums, other teams. But it, at this level, uh, I, I love what we have, and, and I hope it continues to grow. We just got a couple minutes left here, and uh, I'd like to talk for a few seconds about Columbus. They just came off a three-nothing win over Los Angeles, and Los Angeles didn't look good in that game, but Columbus looked very good with Edson Buttle getting two goals and Ante Razov seemed to pair up front with him. It, it will be a dangerous combination for the Reds to have to face this weekend. It's going to be another good test for our defense. And, you know, hopefully uh, they can uh, work out some of the kinks in practice this week and uh, you know get uh, a little more coordinated because those guys are tough. Up front, you know, Edson Buttle and, and uh, Razov, those guys can score. And, but so can our guys. So, you know, if our defense can pull together, I think we'll get a good result. Yeah, I think both teams, um, their offense is their strong point. With Columbus losing a player like Tony Santa, they, they've built up their offense, but I think it's going to be really offensive battle between the two teams. Should be a great matchup. I look forward to it. Yeah, I can't wait. All right, Sean. Well, thanks again. Um, so um, thanks again for inviting me on the show. Uh, I, I, like I said, I wish you a lot of success, and uh, anytime you want to have myself or one of my colleagues from RevsNet, uh, we'll either be in the studio or make ourselves available on the phone. And again, good luck. This year. Well, I hope to have you on frequently, and uh, hopefully you'll come back and listen to us again next week on uh, Sundays from 7 to 8 on WARL 1320 The Drive.